You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Video Marketing Podcast. I am Matt Johnston. Thank you so much for being here. I'm always so excited to have another one of these shows. Um, I, just, I, just, I personally learn so much, and I hope you do as well. Um, you can probably hear that my voice is, is hoarse or, or bad or barely existent. All those things would be correct. <laughs> uh, I'm getting over being sick or something. I don't know. But uh, as Allie, who's with me here, l- lamented before we got on the air, on the air, <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't have a great story. I didn't go to a Metallica concert and come up on stage and sing Enter Sandman with James Hetfield or anything like that, unfortunately. Uh, just got a little bit sick. But the show must go on, so here we are. Allie is with me. Allie is amazing. Allie, thank you so much for being here. I am excited to be here. I don't have any cough drops and my voice is great. So let's get this going. <laughs> Allie, uh, Allie Schwanke, she's, she's the CEO uh, and uh, chief marketing strategist of Simple Strat out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mostly a, a marketing agency for B2B companies, serious about growth, 15 years marketing experience, both in-house and an entrepreneur. Um, Allie, Allie is, uh, is really fantastic. She's also the co-founder of Brand Plan, which, is, uh, which I'd love to talk about a little bit today. Um, a, t- a technology startup focusing on helping marketers better plan, visualize, and execute their marketing strategy. Uh, and now that I'm done reading, Allie is just amazing. Uh, Allie and I met, we were both speaking at a conference in Washington. I always say outside Seattle, but let's be honest, that was not outside Seattle. I flew into Seattle, then drove three hours through farmland. So that's not really outside. It's not really outside anything. No. Uh, but it, but it, was a, it was a very fun conference and Allie and I got to connect there and sort of hit it off. And uh, she, she'd been talking to me about, how, I mean, I was there to speak about video. She was there to speak about data and, and how to leverage data. And uh, we, we got to obviously talking about how she uses video. And, and I think that B2B video is something that people often don't know how to uh, attack. I, I, I made a video recently where I was talking about it a little bit about people often B2B companies get a little bit sort of, um, they, they sort of get in a bind because they don't, don't know what to produce because they don't feel like they can tug on all of the reasons why video works in their video. For example, I always preach about empathy and, and response and all of these things. And a lot of, in, in the B2B world, I often hear, oh, I feel, you know, like it's, it's boring or it's like SaaS software or it's, you know, it's just business to business, you know, da, 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 da. But I think people forget that it's people connecting with people at the end of the day. So Allie and I were talking about, okay, well, what can we talk about today? And she told me she's doing some really fascinating stuff to, to build trust in the B2B process through video. And she's generating a lot of customers for her own business and probably helping others as well. Um, so Allie, I'd love, to, I'd love to jump in just a little bit and just, just tell me first a little bit about your background, how you got started in marketing. Sure. Well, I actually started um, down the the visual um, content uh, journey with photography. I actually started as a as a photographer right out of college, and um, wanted to rid the world of stock photos. And uh, the good thing about that was, um, I think now everybody is on board with uh, realizing how fake stock photos can seem and how inauthentic they can seem. 
the problem was, uh, you know, 15 years ago, nobody wanted to pay me to do that uh, because there was sites like a iStock photo that had just popped up and everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of uh, uh, then just fell back into the marketing side of things, which, which I love. Um, and so uh, I've always been a proponent of building trust and helping before selling. And I think now we live in a world where the majority of the business to business, um, and even as a consumer, but like in the business scenario, you know, anywhere you can, you can look for stats online, but anywhere between 50 to 90% of the buying process happens before you talk to a salesperson. So consumers are out, uh, businesses that are looking to make business purchasing decisions are out looking for information before they actually talk to a salesperson, which is where if your company, your face, your video, your likeness is out there influencing that decision without them feeling like they're being sold to, um, that's really where the power comes in. And so we've been able to leverage in our own company and you know now we're obviously on this uh this train of preaching us to other companies and helping them take advantage of it as well so let's talk first about how you're doing that what what platforms are you focusing on yeah so in, in the business to business setting you know i think i'll take a step back and say people often ask questions like um uh, what videos should i produce and what should i talk about uh, and then they ask questions like well where should i publish it and what should i you know what should i do with it um and those are i would say those are probably the wrong questions to be asking so um the the questions that uh companies should be asking themselves are um where do i need to um where can I use video to strengthen what I'm already doing and repurpose my content uh, to start with? Cause you probably already have written content. Um, so in our case, we're finding that uh, people are searching for what we call top of funnel uh, content, which is like, they're looking for answers to problems. They don't know that they need your solution. They just got a problem. So, you know, in our case, it's, man, I, I just, I got this tool that's called HubSpot and I don't know how to use it. Um, and we're a HubSpot uh, agency, so we know how to consult on the platform. So we actually launched an entire YouTube channel that's called HubSpot Hacks, and um, we are growing subscribers on there, teaching people how to do basic things on that platform. Once they engage there, we're then directing them to resources over on our website. Uh, they download resources on our website, and then they enter our sales and marketing funnel that way. So that's that's a top of funnel way to um, to use video um, for ourselves. Um, we all, we've also put together a variety of, um, so each, each service page on our website has a video that says what the service page is about. So if they choose, they, they can watch that video instead of reading the whole page. So it just gives people options of, um, some people are better learners when they watch, some people are better learners when they read. And we'd rather not um, miss the opportunity to engage them. Um, and then we can do things like, if, uh, if someone watches half a video, I can actually serve them a different experience because I know that they've been engaged with the content, which is something you can't do with written text. So how do you feel that this builds trust and how's that specific to video? I mean, because of, of, other forms of content build trust, blogs build trust, regular social media content can build trust. What, what, what is it about video? Yeah. So video where especially you have um, the experts themselves in the video. So it doesn't have to be something that's, that's massively produced. Um, we, um, we advise companies to think about video from an ABC perspective. So A being uh, like the videos that you might think of like your branding videos. They're thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, they usually involve some sort of like 
opening drone shot. I don't know why there's always like this opening drone shot over a field and then someone appears and they do amazing things. Uh, and then there's the B-level video, which um, you still need to have good audio, good production quality, but it's probably like I'm actually sitting in our video studio right now um, and we have a set behind us. I don't have a backlight on, but um, the, the quality is clear. The microphone is good. The content's well, well thought out. Uh, and then there's C-level content, which is like Hey, I'm at a conference. I know the conference you and I were at. Uh, I captured a bunch of of content and then sliced it together into a slideshow, and now it becomes a moving piece of content that represents the fact that I was actually at this conference. But when you have that B level video content with people in it, so whether it's um, you might be talking to the developer about how they made a certain piece of the software, or uh, there's a company down in Alabama called Alltech, and they work with utility. And so they've got video of their guys out installing things in the field and doing a quick interview about what they're doing. But what it does is it, you, you can't fake that. So in written content, the number of companies that have contracted with people overseas in different places to essentially farm out and write the content for them. When your face is on video, there's no joking that you know what you're talking about. And so I think people tend to trust and buy quicker because they're like, you know, if I watch, you know, Matt, I've listened to your podcast too. Um, when you talk about video, you can't fake that you know what you're talking about. You either do or you don't. And, uh, you know, video just adds another element to that. And it tends to move the process along quicker because they, they see you. And then there's that familiarity that breeds trust and trust is, is how people buy. So let's start because I always like to give people as much value as possible. And I think that most people listening are saying to themselves, I mean, there's a lot of B2B, uh, founders listening right now and they're they're thinking to themselves how do i start this for myself because it's, i mean let, let, let's be honest here you and probably even me are, are a little advanced when it comes to how much we're using video in b2b um, and it's never pretty when you first start um, and so um, i think you have to start with the goal right so so uh, how would you define that goal um, and how did you define that goal when you were first starting and to sort of justify it, because that's always what it comes down to is video is often looked at as something that is so high resource that, you know, it better be helping your bottom line. Otherwise, you just got to cut it because it's so high resource. I would take issue with it being high resource. I just don't, don't I think that that's just a systems thing. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that you, you do need to know that what you're doing is funneling into your actual business. Um, and then sort of where to start. So, so, so if we were to start from the beginning, you were talking to somebody where we said, okay, well, we need to start marketing B2B through first top of funnel content on video. Where do you start? Yeah. So um, one of the best places for any company to start is to, to come up with the top 10 questions that people ask you all the time in the sales process. So this is something that, you know, if you have uh, sales agents in the field, they're probably answering these questions on a daily basis. You know, for us, um, we're getting questions about, you know, what's the difference between you guys onboarding us on HubSpot and HubSpot doing it with us. And so we have a video that talks about the difference between agency onboarding and HubSpot onboarding. Um, you know, when you, when you're a business where you've got, um, uh, let's say, let's say you work for Sprout Social, which is a, a software company. Um, you know that people are going to compare Sprout Social to Buffer. So why don't you have a video that walks through the features of each and just when you control that conversation, you have a much better chance of, uh, getting them to, to trust you because, um, 
you know they're asking the question. And so go ahead and put the answer out there. So those, those top 10 questions, um, and then have your salespeople be the ones that record those videos. And, and for the first time that you engage in, in video content, um, it's going to be awful. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. like most of the time, um, people are scared about the technology when in fact they should be more focused on how do I create content that's engaging and, and does a good job of answering the question versus having the lights look good, the audio is good, you know, how long should it be? Well, it should be long enough to answer the, the question and compelling enough to keep me watching the whole time. You know, those are, those are things that are very like, it depends. So that's why I'd encourage them to, to start if they haven't done video much at all. Okay. So we've got these 10 questions. I think that's great. I think it's really useful. Um, and so we're just turning these into pure value content. Um, are you thinking like, is the next question you're not asking, like, where do I put them? What do I do with them? Uh, right. Well, sort of like what these, what these videos feel like, do, do, I mean, do they simply feel like videos where you're just coming to deliver value, not trying to sell anything? Yeah, I'd actually start. Um, so there's, there's, again, what we call top of funnel content, which are people are unaware that they have a problem that you can solve, but they have a problem that, that, so it might not be that let's, let's use a, a plumbing uh, example. So you might need to unclog a toilet. And so you try to you YouTube that, and then a plumbing company has a video on how to unclog a toilet. But the deeper problem might be like, oh, you actually have tree roots in your pipeline. And so this isn't your problem at all. And so then the next video that follows that might be, you know, hey, here's how we go to, did that not work? Here's how we, here's how we help you. Um, but I think when you're creating that, that the 10 questions, those are for people that are already having conversations with their sales team. So think about it this way when you're okay, engaged. So this is more like middle of funnel content. Yeah. So I'd actually, I would suggest starting with middle of funnel content, things people ask you about all the time, um, that you're already having conversations about, um, cause it can do two things. One, it serves as you know, in a sales process, especially B2B, you have multiple touch points usually before someone buys. Rarely is it like, I was looking for a solution. We talk the next day you buy. It just usually doesn't work that way. You have a lot of nurturing that happens. So if you're nurturing them with the sales content, um, you have additional touch points that can get your face and your expertise in front of them in a way that isn't like, hey, checking in again, checking in again, checking in again because that's how a typical sales process via email works, right? Um, so if you start with that middle of funnel content, then you can work your way up to the top, which is where um, you know, you're talking about problems that exist that they don't know they need a solution yet. So what you're talking about is, uh, from a distribution standpoint, these are videos that can exist that your sales team would just, they would just email along. So instead of a check-in, it would be like, hey, you might, be, you, you might have X objection. This would help deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in our case, it's, um, you know, it's inevitable that from a marketing agency standpoint, you might have the question of, uh, you know, well, how much should I, should I pay for X service? And so, or I don't have the budget for that. So, you know, when someone says I don't have the budget, they've realized that they need marketing help, but then this is their objection. So how do we create a video that teaches them how to budget for marketing services? Because, they didn't know that that was their issue until they got to the point that they're like, well, my budget is, you know, X. And we found that the majority of companies are underspending and marketing because they don't know how to appropriate a budget for growth. So this, this is actually video that isn't necessarily public. I mean, this is video that lives on a Wistia or a Vimeo video that you would just send a link along in a sales process. 
Yeah, the, the best uh, case scenario would be something that's hosted, you know, you'd have an area on your site uh, that you have videos and, and this comes down to the strategy of how your whole company produces and releases content because um, you might embed a video like this in a blog post that already exists. Um, that's another really great way to get started with video. Go look at your best performing content on your site already and create a video out of that content. Um, and then, you know, if it's not anything that's proprietary, it certainly can live on YouTube if it's something that people are looking for uh, an answer to. So in that case for us, how to set a marketing budget to work with an agency is probably a question that other people are asking around the world too, that would be advantageous. Um, asking about a feature specific thing inside of our service model, probably not something that we need to put on YouTube because it's not something that people outside of our sales process would find helpful. Okay, so we start with this middle of funnel objection busting content. I like this. I'm gonna make some of go. it right after this, okay. maybe. Okay. When I get a, when I get my voice back. Um, you know, I, I I think that sometimes some of us, myself included, I mean, I make tons of video content, but I I, I don't make anything right now except for like personal videos. Uh, in the sales process, I don't make anything that is not meant to be like a public video right now. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so it, it's interesting to just use that as part of the sales process, just sort of saying that, you know, it's, it's part of a sales cycle and just using it that way. Um, interesting. So you would start there. And so then would you move to top of funnel content? Well, depending on where the company is and what type of company it is, um, we've actually got, um, so I think you're going to put this in the show notes, Matt, but we've got a, a video marketing guide on our, our website that chronicles all the different types of video that we would suggest for the different parts of the sales and marketing funnel. Um, but especially if you already have customers, one of the best ways that video can, can work is helping you um, repurpose your time. So if you have um, customers that go through an onboarding process and they definitely need personalized support at some point, but you can help, you can create a three-step video process to get them into the, let's say your software, or here's how to fill out the first Google sheet that we send you that we need you to fill out before we can start your contract. I don't, I don't know what the steps would be in each company, but uh, videos can actually work to um, bring that same human experience into a place that, um, you know, from an ROI standpoint, a lot of companies are more apt to spend money on the customer engagement side first, because they know that when a customer's happy, they'll lead, it'll lead to referrals versus top of funnel where they think, oh, well, you know, Ali, I got 2000 views on that video, but where are my leads? Okay. That's harder to wrap together if you haven't done a good job on the customer side first. That's fascinating. It's not something that I've thought about for sure. I mean, uh, making internal video and putting resources into that. Uh, but I suppose at the end of the day, if that's if that's the ROI um, from from referrals, that that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so what about public facing videos? Let's talk about public facing video strategy. What are we doing to cold audiences? Yeah, so it depends on what your um, what your audience is looking for. So one of the first things that uh, we advise our clients to do is, um, you know, find out what types of, of questions that people might be asking a, a higher up in the funnel. And to do that, you might have to do uh, keyword research. I know you and I have talked about a tool called TubeBuddy. Um, so if you're going on YouTube and you're using a tool called TubeBuddy, um, uh, I'll give you an example of, a, um, let's say that your company, uh, let's go back to the plumbing example. So people might search for how to unclog a toilet, how to stop a leaky faucet, um, 
uh, those would be consumer driven kind of things. But if it's a business, it might be how much does uh, a business renovation cost and how much is a plumber going to run, you know, so on and so forth. Um, figure out what those phrases are and then plug those into specific um, uh, tools like TubeBuddy and SEMrush or, or Hrefs. These are all like keyword research tools to find out what are those search strings that people are looking for. And that's the, the, forward-facing video that you're likely going to lead with. Because if you if you record that and then put that out on social media, um, that's going to be the type of thing that people are looking for on LinkedIn, on YouTube. Um, and then you want to send out like within email campaigns. Right. So how do we move these people down the funnel? Yeah. You want to have a call to action um, within each of those. So, you know, I, there was a different episode uh, on your podcast where um, I can't think of the uh, I can't think of the gentleman's ah, name. Man, I just love it when I have fans on the show. It just <laughs> makes me feel so, you know. I'm just a, I'm just a podcast addict, unfortunately, uh, for everybody <laughs> listening. Um, my phone has my phone has so many podcasts. Uh, ask me your favorite, and I'll give you my fifty. But um, uh, so but they were talking about like you know on YouTube, people tend to consume several videos before they take action. So your CTA if you start at the top of the funnel is like, how do you get them to watch as many videos as possible before you create this like curiosity gap of like, okay, Ali's talked about this video marketing guide five times, man, I need to go get this on her website. So at that point, you want to make sure that you're pointing them to a property that then you can build a larger relationship with. That's either getting them on your email list or pointing them to resources, you know, Hey, go follow, go join our Facebook group. Um, if you're a business to business, you're probably going to want to drive them back to your website. And then once they get to your website, um, whatever that next step in the, the, the process is. So let's say for us, you watch all these videos on how to use, how to use video. You go to our website, get the video marketing guide. The next step is, Hey, let's help you get started with your first video. Here's another resource you can, you know, so then we're nurturing them through email and through retargeting to help them. Um, so there's going to be videos in that point too, but at that point they're in a sales funnel. And so we've got a little bit better of a journey figured out uh, for them to go down. Mm, fascinating. Okay. So you actually, you're, you're, you're taking them from YouTube video to lead magnet. Very often I see that. Um, we, I, I do it too on our, on, on my YouTube channel and then you're putting them into another lead magnet. I love that. That's great. That's wonderful. A lot of people go in for the kill at that point. So, um, it's, but I guess it depends on what you're selling, right? I mean, it, it really does depend on what. Yeah. I mean, if you're selling, let's say, you know, you're an insurance company and you're selling business insurance. Um, and, and the way you might use top of funnel content. So, you know, there's people searching on YouTube for, you know, how do I budget for insurance or how do I get cybersecurity coverage? You know, what does it cover? What do I need? That kind of stuff. But don't forget that that very same person is going to their personal network on LinkedIn looking for who they know that might be a resource that isn't going to sell them something, right? We all want to go find the answers to things without someone saying, I'll give you the answers, but only if you give me $1,000. No, like don't do that. So a video on LinkedIn, if that's what this insurance you know, representative is going to put on their personal LinkedIn and I'm connected to that person, I'm going to see, let's say his name's Bob. I'm going to see Bob teaching about the five common myths that happen when someone goes to buy business insurance or five things that have gone wrong when someone's gone to their own, let's say it's a self-service site and bought their own insurance. And then here's what's happened. So here's how I help you avoid, you know, those potential disasters. And that's top of funnel content. They'd eventually then get back to the website to go, um, you know, learn more about the guide, the guide to buying business insurance for, you know, B2B companies of five employees or more. I, I don't know. That's just an example. 
And you're, you're, you're using your website as the main hub here. Yeah. I mean, ultimately you want to be able to drive people back to your website. Um, large, largely for business to business. That's still that that's still the journey because they really want to do, um, they want to check out that. Are you talking about things that, you know, yes. Okay. If I go to the site, this is where, this is where your site experience is so huge. If what you say on video is one thing and they go back to your website and they find something different, like, Hey, we do this. And then you get to the site and they're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I don't understand. This isn't congruent with what you were talking about. Then you've lost them. So all of your marketing properties have to work together. And so video can't just be a, a way to do something new and exciting because it doesn't fit with the rest of your strategy. Hmm. Um, how do you get people to watch this content? I mean, the, the, this is the main thing that, that, that people struggle with, especially when it comes to resources. Uh, because, and, and you know, it's largely what I talk about. I'm always talking about virality and everything because that's what my experience is. But at the same time, this is process. Um, and a lot of folks are, uh, especially, you know, there, there's a lot of folks listening to this podcast, I'm sure right now who don't have an agency as big as yours currently. Um, maybe they're solo, uh, so what is the word? Solo trepreneurs I don't know. <laughs> um, and you know, there's like, or there maybe, maybe, there, maybe there's two or three, but it, it's not, it's not something where there's like a constant stream of traffic coming into their site. Um, but they want to figure out how to leverage video. So they do all this work to make a YouTube video. Maybe they listened to one of my podcasts earlier with like Jesse. So, so they, they know how to do their SEO and everything on YouTube. And then they sit there and they're like, here we go. <laughs> one view a day. And because that's what it looks like on YouTube very often. One view a day or less sometimes. Um, what do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, I often look at it as a mindset issue, but, but also you do have to have a distribution strategy for this content, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think when it comes, this is the same thing you encounter when you do written content, social content. Uh, prefer, I mean, it's most comparable to, to a blog scenario um, or, or an email newsletter. So you've got two things with human behavior. One is, it's interesting and I want to go down a rabbit hole, but I'm not, it's not something that sustains me long-term. So, you know, you might spend a day, excuse me, <clears throat> now I got the cough. Uh, you might spend a day rolling down this rabbit hole of, of how to do this special, you know, thing on your computer that makes all your windows in dark mode and whatever. But like, you're not going to go back every week and learn how to do that because you learned how to do it once. Right. But so that's what you might call like search driven content. So there's search driven content and then there's series content. So series content is establishing expertise in a certain area that you show up consistently every single, how often you're going to do it daily, weekly, monthly. Usually I'm going to advise at least weekly um, to build that trust with people. So they may not watch every single one of your videos, but if every single week you're showing up and publishing videos on LinkedIn about X, even if they don't watch them, the residual effect of your network saying, man, you're publishing a lot of videos about this. You guys must be experts in this. I've had people that have watched uh, us publish consistently about HubSpot. I guarantee you they've probably watched two or three of our 50 videos. And yet we are the experts to them because they've seen us consistently pump out video content um, about that specific topic. So I think, I think people have to think about, are you going to be creating series content and in that case, serious content is meant to build an audience over time that will consistently drive, get value from you that you could translate into sales. Or are you creating videos based on a, a specific search string or an SEO driven strategy 
And in that case, you need to deploy all the stuff that Jesse talked about, about optimizing, you know, your title and your tags and how quickly you have asked them to subscribe and all of that kind of stuff. Cause, um, you know, you won't get any traffic if you can't get people from YouTube because you titled your video something that they'll never search for. You're, you, you, you've mentioned LinkedIn a lot. I'm interested to see how you use LinkedIn video. Um, maybe just, I'm going to, let's talk about that in three minutes because I want to make sure we get to the bottom of the funnel. Is, is there uh -huh. video you're using at the bottom of the funnel? It seems like a strange place to use video. I'm like, I'm, I'm like sort of picturing like uh, somebody who's like super hot and your sales guy sends them an email <laughs> of them just shouting, buy it already. Stop waiting. So what, like, what could you be doing at bottom of the funnel? Is it more objection busting? Is there something different there? Yeah. So definitely objection busting video content um, helps. I think when you're at the bottom of the funnel and you're, you're engaged in the negotiation, you're engaged in proposals. Um, there's a, there's what we would call, um, you know, sales driven video. And so at that point, it's usually one-to-one -one personalized video. So you're not creating content that's going to be shared to all your customers. It's, it's jumping on loom. It's jumping on soapbox, um, doing any sort of screencast where, you know, um, couple things like one, you may have sent a proposal and it's been a week since they've checked in. Um, and you haven't heard from them. So, you know, you fire up your loom video and, you know, Hey, it's Allie. Um, I'm checking in with you guys today. Had a quick idea for you. Um, with, with platforms like Loom, you can actually tell when they watch the video and how much of the video that they watched. And so that helps you from a, um, getting insight on what they're thinking about. If they haven't watched your video, um, there's a good chance that they are not engaged with your proposal either. So that's, that's one way to use it as like a check-in at the bottom of the funnel. The other way that I've used it has been and we have advice companies to use it, um, has been if, so we prefer to have that sales proposal conversation over Zoom or in person. What happens when the company says, you know what, I just need a proposal by the end of the day, send it to me, I need it regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. so, I'll, so I'll send the proposal over with a video explaining the proposal because the thing that you're missing when you send a document, even if you write a bunch of stuff in it, if you've ever been in a sales meeting and you, get, you hand them a 12-page document, what do they do? They flip to the back page to see the price before they read the 11 pages before it, regardless of how much you stop them. So when you send a video along with the proposal, most likely they watch the video because you, you leave out details that you want to put in the email. So you use the kind of things that Matt, you talk about, give them curiosity of like, well, what's in this video? And you can't type out what's in the video because you have to watch it. This is, I think, why everybody loves Allie so much. She just always <laughs> makes you feel like you're her best friend, right? Yeah. It's like, it's well, like, thank you. As, if, as if we've known each other forever. You're like, this is what you talk about, Matt. And when I listen to all your billion podcast episodes, I'm over here just making content in a void and you're like giving me meaning. I love <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yes, great, great tip. Everybody should do that. I actually do that as well. I always send a Loom video with my proposals um, just because I want to remind them why they like me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like I just want to like get that rapport in there so they remember I'm a human being and it wasn't just this like transactional, like very, like this very personal conversation where like, I feel like I want to work with this guy because I think he's a cool guy and I think that they would do a good job for us to all of a sudden it turns into this document with all this like formal stuff in it and it's, and, and everybody's just worried about money because of our relationship with money in America and it always just comes down to how much does this cost? 
Um, I like to do that as well. I just sort of, and I sort of go through a sales process in those videos as well. I'll build rapport again. I'll be like, you know, whatever, walk you through, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, th I think that's really good. Let's talk about, um, <clears throat> I just want to end here on, I think we can talk about this forever. And I think it's really interesting because I talk a lot about B2C because it's a bit, it's, it's an easier game and it's certainly easier to, to, you know, for a lot of the stuff I talk about virality and everything. A lot of it is B2C, but you can certainly do it in B2B. So first of all, um, I talked at the beginning about how there was sort of a misconception about B2B, how like, like as if there weren't humans involved, like we were just robots yeah. pitching things to each other. And I think that's a misconception. Um, I also think, and this is probably something that you've dealt with, you and I are both the faces of our respective companies, right? Um, but then I know I sometimes get into this and you probably have thought this as well. To what extent does this video, this goes to LinkedIn too, to what, to what extent should this video be Allie or Matt, or should this be simple strat and guide social, you know, so it, it's, it's very hard to know because often I'll say, okay, well, here's what I want to do. I want to make, make sure that all this content is coming. You know, my, my company's called guide social. I want to make sure that all this video is coming from guide social so that this, this brand transcends me, you know, so that it can become something else other than just Matt's company, like Matt's Mark, Matt's video company. Uh, but at the same time, I also know that the reason most people are going to buy is because of the relationship that they develop in me because people buy from people and my content and whatever personal brand you have a personal brand too of course and like what what these personal brands what leverage they have for our business how do you deal with that how, how do you think about that in your business yeah so i think for small companies like like yours yours and mine we end up with um you know the vision of what we we know is a couple of years down the road and being able to bring someone in, but then part of that onboarding process is creating trust around the entire team so that when a client comes on board to Simplestrat or even in your case, um, they're working with people that are not the, the figurehead um, because you can't be all things to all people. But I think as you move up in company size, this is where you have to find the people that have the um, that have the knowledge in the company. So in many cases, you know, if it's a, uh, let's say it's a, a biomedical company, um, you're going to be doing interviews with the scientists and you're going to be, you know, going behind the scenes and asking, what are you working on today? And, you know, what is the latest discovery that we had? And they're the ones that are going to be at the industry events. And so as a marketer creating B2B video, in that case, you're spending a lot of time brainstorming with those individuals about, what does our audience need to know? How do I interview you in a way that you don't give me a bunch of scientific buzzwords and instead we actually get down to what's important to our audience? So when you're a marketer playing the role of creating video content, when you have multiple people involved that are not you, like when you're not on video, it's a lot more like being the producer of content and being a producer behind the scenes and then you're coaching people to be on video, you're coaching them to say it in the way that's compelling, you're writing the scripts, um, and you're not reading the scripts, but you're, here's how you're gonna open, here's how we're gonna close, and so you're doing a lot more of the architect instead of kind of being um, on screen and just answering questions, if that makes sense. Now, what do you do? I we mean, you're, you, you, you have the Simple Strat YouTube channel, right? And mm -hmm. you have the HubSpot YouTube, so, so, but, but you don't have a personal YouTube channel, right? And is uh, this not, how you do most yet. of your content? <laughs> 
Not yet. Um, working on lunch and that here this month. So oh, stay, okay. stay tuned, stay tuned. Um, so the, the way that we've approached it here at Simple Stride, um, when you work here, so for a while, we don't do this anymore, but for a while, everybody who sent in an application had to send in a video application. Um, cause I just believed that you can't fake who you are on video. If you're awkward, I don't care. I just, when you say, um, Hey, here, I'm going to describe myself. And I wouldn't have believed this had I not had to uh, apply to be part of an accelerator program and they had me send in a video application. And after I did that, I was like, this is, this is really hard, but this is who I am. And I said, if you can't be comfortable with who you are authentically, um, you're not going to be a very good uh, marketer because you have to accept where you are today. Um, but uh, but we, have, we have everyone in our company get on video at some point. Some people are better than others and you get better the more you do it. So we actually have multiple people on video on our HubSpot channel. Both my partner and I are the experts there. So we bounce back and forth between who's on video and you'll see that in our thumbnails of, of who's on what video. So that's how we kind of handle it internally. And then with clients, we, uh, we coach them as to who, who's the right person on this video? Um, how long should it be? What should we talk about? What's the CTA? What's the goal of it, the video? And that determines who needs to be on it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I think this is something a lot of personal brands deal with is, is where should I be posting this content? I mean, I feel like I am in many ways, the top of funnel for my business, mm -hmm. whether it's the podcast or all the con all the social content I make or the YouTube channel or whatever it is, they come through like me as a human being. They don't come like into my company's like online intake process. And so then when you're going into that content creation standpoint, you're saying, okay, well, I mean, I always preach over and over and over again that you're not, I mean, none of the content you create is for you, like not a scrap of it. It's right. all for the people that are going to watch it. And if they want you and that's going to give them the best chance to move to the next stage in a sales funnel, which is the whole point, why not give them you? I, I, I think it's, it's just something that I grapple with very often uh, because uh, at the end of the day, I know that the goals of the video could often be messed best met that way, but the goals of the company might be best met um, by, by diversifying it a bit more. So it's a very interesting question. And then when you have LinkedIn, it's a whole different thing because you're definitely going to be able to get more engagement from your personal stuff than you're going to be able to get from your company page unless you're running ads. So then where are you putting that video content? Right. Yeah. I think the thing that, um, you know, LinkedIn's serving up a lot better organic reach than most of our other platforms when it comes to just not putting money behind content, um, specifically from personal profile pages. Um, company pages mm -hmm. are a little bit more challenging um, because Stuff they- Stuff with company pages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the, the success of companies uh, with a B2B strategy on LinkedIn on company pages is going to have employees and advocates actually go and share and, and interact with that information within minutes of after it's published. So if you have a video that you know has you know, a lot of value when you publish it to your company page. One, make sure that it has captions enabled. Two, make sure you have a good intro as to why people should watch the video. So, you know, go ahead and, and listen to all the things you talk about with Hook. How do you write the copy so that they actually want to watch the video below it, right? And then within minutes of publishing, invite a specific uh, subset of people to go and interact in an authentic way so that, um, you know, you somewhat trip that LinkedIn algorithm to get it in front of people. Are you doing these on your personal LinkedIn page? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are. Okay. Yep. And are you doing it on the simple strat, uh, business page? 
Uh, yes, yeah, so we have some video content there. Um, if you get to know me, you'll know that I'm always testing and experimenting something at any given point in time. Um, so we've uh, we've experimented with uh, posting video content natively with YouTube links, um, varying between posting with no engagement, posting and boosting as an ad. Um, and we found that the the most effective thing for like as simple as it is is posting in native video on LinkedIn, on a company page, and then having people go and interact with it and share it, share a comment within the first couple minutes that it is posted. On the company page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm thinking about testing, I don't know if you've thought about testing it too, is testing a personal brand as a company page on LinkedIn. And you might say, why do you do that? Well, you probably know. The reason I can do that is because I can run ad spend behind it then. Right. Yeah. And, and boost it out. And I, I, I could theoretically get in front of decision making. I mean, this is what I, often, like we, we do a lot of YouTube advertising. It's one of the things that we do. And sometimes people will come to me at, with, with B2B, like high level B2B stuff. They're like, oh, I wanna get in front of executives. And I'm like, mm, go somewhere else. Like your audience is on LinkedIn go there and they're like, and they don't know what to do. It's still like really, it's blue ocean over there in a lot of ways. Um, but anyway, that, that's something that I've been thinking about uh, playing with myself, but then it's just another thing to fuel <laughs> with content. Yeah. I mean, before, before you go there, what I'd actually encourage you to consider is um, put together a, what I'd call like your own little pod of people on LinkedIn that, I mean, I'll, I'll raise my hand and be part of one of your pods. Um, but if you, if you post a video on your personal profile, Try sending a message out. So here's what I'll suggest. Uh, here's what I've tested and what, is, what has worked well is I'll post a piece of content and then DM that content on LinkedIn to 10 specific people um, saying, hey, you know, we had enough, like very, very relevant. Hey, we had a conversation about XYZ 30 days ago or last week or whatever. I just released a video that actually, um, you know, summarizes a lot of those key points we talked about. If you find it helpful, would you mind sharing or dropping a comment in it? Thanks so much. Let me know how I can return the favor. And by doing that, again, tripping that algorithm, then LinkedIn says, wow, this is, this is getting activity. I should serve this up more. And it just kind of builds on itself, especially if it's good content. Oh, that's a really good tip. Everybody should use that tip. Well, I, I, would, I would also assume <clears throat> that you're, getting, you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone there too, because you're also potentially moving them along a sales process. Yeah. Yeah. By I mean, just I giving them value. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, outside of video strategy, one thing I strongly uh, believe is you're always going to have a subset of fans that are never going to be your customers, but they spread the word so well for you. Um, that those are the people that you can actually use as a little bit of your fan, the flame. And then you've got customers that, um, sometimes they're just lurkers and all of a sudden they come out of the woodwork and they'll say things like, uh, like I've had someone tell me, you know, I've been watching your videos for a year. <laughs> I'm like, Holy moly. I've been in your feed. For Why didn't you click anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is, it just goes back to that mentality that we want to be unknown until we're known. And uh, video helps you, helps you do that. Right. In that very personal way. Yeah, for sure. Allie, this has been really, this has been really useful. Uh, B2B, I think for a lot of people is a really tough game to crack. Um, you and I both have B2B companies and you know, it's always, it's always a tough game. And I, I, I think that, when it comes to video, a lot of the message here is don't be afraid to be personal when it comes to video. Uh, yeah, definitely. Even though you're B2B. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I encourage, I mean, anybody who's listening, head over to simplestrat.com forward slash video marketing. Um, you can actually uh, get all of our marketing resources. We've got uh, a variety of uh, uh, guides and, and, you know, how to's on the site, uh, as well as like 
if you just want to start getting uh, started using video inside of the sales process, we've got um, you know steps on how to do that if you're not quite ready to put it into the marketing side of things. Here she goes. She does. She answers my question before I ask it. You know, I'm always, of course, I always ask guests at the end, where can we find out more about you? And she's like, listen, you got to go here. This is the place I set this up for you. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. No, that's great. You should definitely go. Allie's, Allie's super smart. And uh, uh, this, this B2B stuff is hard. So having that guidance is super useful. Allie, thanks so much for joining me. It was, it was such a pleasure. And thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us on the Video Marketing Podcast. Uh, as always, if you got value from this, and I certainly hope you did, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps more people find us, and, and they can get value too. Uh, I hope you're well, and I'll see you next week.